What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I wanted to just throw this in in the beginning. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. That really helps our numbers. Check out the merch store at brennantcomedy.com slash merch store to get your ex-drinking buddy merch. And if you really want to, subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash brennantassif. That really helps me out. Thank you so much. Enjoy the episode. Grab me a beer and grab him a coat. We about to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he done sobered up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tassib is your ex drinking buddy. Brandon Tassib is your ex drinking buddy. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brandon Tassib is your ex drinking buddy. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. If you're new to the program, quick rundown of the show. I used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. It was my favorite thing to do, hang out with friends, get drunk, do drugs, get in all sorts of crazy trouble, and then reminisce about those fun stories. I am sober now, but that is still one of my favorite things to do, hang out with someone and reminisce about the crazy old days. Most weeks I will be joined by a guest. This week is no exception! All the way from New York City via New Zealand, Matt Hansel! What's going on, man? What's up, buddy? Not much. Uh, the weather is not great. No, it's snowing out. There's a storm outside. Yeah, it's no, snow. I'm not. Um, I feel like I've been pretty lucky this winter with yeah. like snow, but no, it's. How not. long have you been in New York? Uh, a little over a year. Okay. Yeah, I, I moved July 21, and then that winter last year, it was a ton of snow. And everyone's like, this is the most snow the city's ever seen. Yeah. No. And I was stoked, because being from the South, I had never seen like snow before like that. See, I was I was quickly over it. Yeah, you were just like, I'm like, done. Uh, I'm, I'm from California. It's like, no, I'm... Yeah, I'm... I don't... <laughs> I don't. I don't need this. What is this? I got no. I mean, I understand. Like for me, it was like you I understand never, the concept of snow. Yeah. Like I, I, I never saw snow until I was like eighteen, nineteen, and then I saw it, and I was like, um, it's cold. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I get it. Plug everything up front before I forget. I know you have the podcast. You've got the show that you do, uh, and then uh, all your social media. Let everybody know where they can find um, you. You can find me uh, at matthansel.biz. That's <laughs> Hansel with two L's, and then dot biz. You know how to spell it. Um, you can check me out on Common Enemies, which is my podcast, and then I'm also producing a show with Noah Snyder and Josh Semensky here in New York City at KGB Bar. That is called Kiwi Bagel. Um, we've already sold uh, 10% of our tickets for the next show, and we've barely even promoted it, so get them while they're still available. Get them uh, while they're hot. Yeah. Or else, uh, or else your ass is gonna see Matt in your fucking Instagram feed. Yep, I'm gonna I'm gonna be there, and it's gonna be. You do the funniest stuff for that. I, my my thing is like, but it's just like the most rant. Like you just throw your phone up and you're just like, "Hey everybody, get your fucking yeah." Tickets. Well, it's like I don't know. You gotta capture the attention of I don't know so many people. Just do I like the sunglasses shit. this morning. That was a fun one. Yeah, no, you gotta. I don't know. Be silly. Why <laughs> why try and be like all like suit and tie about it? Why not? Yeah, yeah have just fun have fun. It. Yeah. Tell everybody about Common Enemies. What's the podcast about? Um, it's a two part podcast, uh, somewhat similar to yours, where it's. The the first part is like talking about something we have in common. So it'll be it could be anything. So it'll be for one episode it was parties, so just like talking about parties. Mm-hmm. Or one episode it was poop and like what the trials and tribulations and 
all sort of poop stories, and then the second half is a debate. So okay. you sort of come closer together, and then, you know, as good friends do, you're more, like, able to, like, sort of go... Oh, that's awesome. That's a great to, idea. That's a fun concept. Yeah. Um, and then there's debates. So just, it could be as simple as, like, black versus white suit or, like, something like that. thought you that. were going somewhere else with that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> not, not yet. Uh, we had to wait. I for... did see you had Ryan Thomas on, so I don't. I didn't know if... Yeah, that episode was great. We um... Was that the poop one? No, him and I talked about uh, Little League. Okay. And then uh, how would you rather die um, being murdered or overdosing? Overdosing. Not even a question. I said murder. What? Yeah. Why? Because I think that in in my head, um, I I feel like there is like maybe like a somewhat of like a martyrdom to being murdered a little bit. Okay. Where there's like- Oh, so you're looking at it from how the outside world would perceive the death. May- maybe. Or, or like the lead up to it. Like yeah. I'm thinking like Walter White Breaking Bad where it's like you're doing all this crazy shit. People are coming for your head. You're, you're the fucking man. And then they fucking, you know, pop you at the end. And it's yeah. like this almost like blissful moment. So, yeah, I don't know. That was, I also, that was like. I like that. That's a good idea. I think uh, I honestly did give Ryan Thomas the win for that debate, but it was still fun. He said overdose. Yeah. 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 Me and Ryan. We have mm-hmm. so, he's a friend of the show. Uh. I wanted to talk to you because you do have a – you don't talk about it nearly as much. And I, I know I talk about it – I have a bit about it on stage. But like – and I the listeners know I played college football and I was a scout team, like never touched the field. But if you don't know that, you'd think I was like the fucking starting all-conference like fullback. You have uh, some cool things in your past, but you like barely talk – you like kind of almost mention it just in passing. So like you lived in New Zealand for a long time. Uh, like around a year. Yeah, that's like a, a long time. Yeah, that's you're not just um, visiting. Yeah, no. and we're talking New Zealand, not Australia. Mm-hmm. So, so many questions. Uh, but first of all, let's talk about how you got to New York, um, and got into comedy. Did you move to New York for comedy? Pretty yeah, pretty much. When did you start um, doing comedy? So I I started right the before the pandemic. Um, okay, did it for where was this at? Uh, this was actually in San Luis Obispo, California. Okay, because you're like, from California. Yeah, you I was that. going to a, a community college there. Um, had just quit rugby. I'd played rugby for seven years. Um, kind of in an aimless spot. And Do you play a uh, club? Yeah, most most rugby, college rugby teams are all technically club. Mm-hmm. There's like five that That's like how it was at FAU, yeah. Um, FAU was a club team, and then I'm from Daytona, which had one of the best club teams in the state of Florida. In fact, um, Dallas Baker, who played for the national team, was on the Daytona rugby team. I only know that because uh, – or excuse me, Perry Baker. Yeah, I only know that because uh, we played uh, high school football together. Oh, word. Mm-hmm. He was he's, a wide receiver. Yeah, he's fucking unreal. Yeah, his he's older a- brother Dallas played at the University of Florida. They called him Dallas Baker, the touchdown maker. And then yeah. Perry ended up not getting really recruited by big schools, even though his brother played at the University of Florida. Mm-hmm. And then picked up rugby. Years later, years later, someone – I heard a, pot, a sports podcast and they were talking about like this all-star rugby guy. And no, then yeah, like Perry he, Baker. He, and I was like, wait – my Perry Baker? Yeah, no, he's one, he's one of my favorite sevens players. So there's like two versions of rugby where it's 15 sevens. Sevens is like smaller, faster guys. Mm-hmm. Um, he's unreal. Like he's one of the, one of one of my favorite players I've ever seen. That's insane. Yeah. No, yeah, it's it's small world. He um, the thing I'll never forget is uh, he got me on the phrase because you know I was a, a white kid from the suburbs, but I went to school and you know. My school was just outside of Daytona and there was a lot of kids um, from, you know, the Daytona 
area there. He got me on the phrase, he on that powder, which I didn't know what that meant. But our coach was like always super fucking hyped up, Coach Zito. <laughs> and he'd always be like, Coach, you on that powder. And I never knew what it meant, but I loved saying it. And then later on when I would try cocaine, I was like, oh. I, I feel like that's that was very indicative of me as well where it's like I would – I'd hear something, I'd like the way it sounded, and then I'd just say it. Yeah. For like years. And then, <laughs> then I'd like and then I'd like circle back around. Like there was one time where um I saw a kid so I went to middle school. We had this like program where like all the special needs kids would like do like little farming classes. Okay. We had like a small little like This uh, is in Northern California. Yeah, right? okay. like chicken coop and like it was just it was cool, it was cool. Yeah. Um but uh, in like sixth grade I, I saw uh, one of the kids uh, choking a chicken and didn't realize that choking a chicken was like reference or innuendo for masturbating. Yeah. So I came home and I was like, yeah, mom, I saw one of the special needs kids choking his chicken <laughs> at school today. <laughs> and I was just like, I knew they they laughed, but they weren't going to like t- explain all yeah. of that. And I was like, I guess I'm just going to say choking my chicken now. <laughs> just like, I guess it's just going to yeah, be Yeah, because you got a reaction from them. So you're like, oh, I guess this is just the thing yeah, I'll this say is, now. This is enough for me. I'll... I'll keep this in my back pocket. What got you into rugby in California? Uh, my dad played and like okay. it had been around. Is he from New Zealand? He's from New Zealand. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it had been around me all like my life. So you knew um, it. Right? Yeah. yeah. And I played high school football, um, but I didn't like play growing up. So I didn't like I played to, I don't know. It was like a little bit of like a challenge to myself. I was always a smaller kid, but mm-hmm. I always felt like I was a pretty good athlete but i was just i was small so i never yeah. played well especially um, in Cal- i mean california texas and florida are the three biggest states for football yeah. so it's just a way to kind of indoctrinate indoctrinate yourself with everybody else yeah no it was a big social group yeah. too going into high school um i never loved the football culture really but um can i tell you a secret yeah when i started playing football i couldn't stand it yeah i, I mean it. i feel i was like this hurts <laughs> yeah like everyone's screaming at me all the time to start because you know i was a i'm a big it's still to this day i'm a big baby like i'm a big softy but then once i hit uh my growth spurt and kind of came into my own and then i could hurt other people i was like oh no now this is fun but that was like four years into playing yeah no. <laughs> so for the first four years i was like i hate this so much and but- l- unless you're the guy that is like making plays or like laying hits like something yeah. like that I really don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, I played offensive line, so I was just like, this is miserable. Like, my, my my best friend played center, and it's like every play, he just, like, throws his head up from snapping the ball, and there's some 250-pound guy pushing him, yeah. in, like, in his neck and, like, throwing him back. And it's like, I I have I occasionally get to, like, catch a ball and run. What, you and, played slot? Yeah, slot, uh, slot and corner. Okay. And then did you uh, did you do all four years? No. So oh. I, I started... Um, a rugby club with my friends in high school. Okay. And, well, they started and then I uh, brought the like JV team in. Okay. Um, as a sophomore. Well, okay. There we go. And um, so it was just like once I had rugby instead and I still got like that sort of contact, like rough sport mm-hmm. in my life, I didn't really feel the need for- Well, plus you're better at, I would assume with your build, you'd be better at rugby. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, also like there was just uh, it came much more naturally too. It'd been yeah. around me too, so I kind of always had a rugby ball around. But um, yeah, the cult. I love the rugby culture. It's a lot more like 
uh, sort of like fraternal and like you know it's like it's like it's a big part of rugby is like the community aspect to it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas football, it was like much more militant and yeah. less room for like creativity. Whereas rugby, there's like it's kind of free flowing. You can play around with it. You can fuck around. It's it's nice. Yeah, and that was the thing. Um, I played football my whole like from seventh grade through college, um, and then. Everybody listening knows, but when I got my eighth concussion, like going into my junior year, I stopped playing. So it was a weird thing to like not play anymore. But I remember in the off seasons, FAU had a rugby club and a couple of, again, small world, Tobin Thompson, shout out uh, one of my buddies that I went to high school with. He was like three years ahead of me, uh, but we played football on the same team. And then uh, he uh, he was on the FAU rugby team. So mm-hmm. he came to me when I was a freshman at FAU and he was like a junior. He came to me and he's like, you should do rugby. And I was like, no. Like I play football, like I'm not going to do it. But then in the off season, I was like, oh, this is actually a great way to stay in shape. Mm-hmm. And the thing I liked about it was football, There's, like you said, it's militant. There's so much to it. Like even just to have a practice, there's so much to it. And then if you're like, oh, well, we'll just like the quarterback will go out with the skills guys and just throw. It's like, yeah, that sounds good, but like it's not the same. Yeah. Because it's one thing to just throw the ball. It's another thing to throw it when you have pads on mm-hmm. and you're going against someone else. So, again, it's not even the same thing. But for rugby, they would just literally roll balls out and be like, all right, we're just going to scrimmage. Yeah, no, you're there. And I was like, what? What? And then when I would go home to Daytona, because Daytona had one of the better club teams in Florida, mm-hmm. it was the same. there was no practice. You would just scrimmage for hours. Yeah, no, the only way to get good at playing rugby is playing rugby. Yeah, and like, that was the thing. Was there was there And I was like, oh, this is so much more fun than – like line it up. Here we go. You know, I write two thirty six power O, and then with rugby, you're just like, all right, let's go. No, th- I mean that's that's why. Like you just you do pick it up and you sort of run with it. And mm-hmm. I always felt like there was just more room to um to like play around like and to learn it in like a different like there's that's why I like appreciate comedy too in a way is you only get better by doing it and like yeah. feeling it where it's like. I feel like in football, it's like you're sort of remembering like almost like formulas or recipes to yeah. how the game works, where as rugby, you're like, all right, like I've tried it this way three times. If I maybe like fake here and then like give the ball, like there's different ways to like attack it sort of like, and there's like picking up those reads along the way and you only get it by doing it. And like, well, you have more it. opportunities too, because it's, yeah. it's a free flowing game. Whereas with football, you get the one play. And that's the one play, and then you line it all, and then everyone can reset. Yeah. But in rugby, because it's so free flowing, you can, you know, kind of think on the fly. Yeah. I wanted to ask you because rugby culture um, obviously has a lot of like, you know, the shoeies and the, yeah, the drinking yeah, and the. Sure. So when you guys were playing in high school, because you're only a sophomore, did you was that a part of it? Was your dad a because he was a rugby player and stuff? Was he a big like beer drinker and stuff like that? Or yeah, I mean, um, my dad is. Uh, I'm just thinking in my head like a New Zealand guy who moved to California. He's like, you know, no, he's a, you're he's, like six years old. And he's like, hey, Matty, let's do a drink. He, he's a good time. Um, I wouldn't say he's like the biggest drinker in the world, yeah. but it's his thing is like he just loves a good party. He mm-hmm. loves like the people being around hanging out aspect yeah. more than anything. But like he can throw a few back for sure. Absolutely. Um, so when you started the rugby club, we, we there was still a party aspect to it. Okay. That's like, what I was going to ask. Um, the good thing about uh, – Rugby, especially in like younger groups, is that you're really getting kids that aren't really in the other main sports at the time. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty ragtag group. Yeah. Um, but what that means is a lot of times it's like kids who like are partying in high school and are like sort of getting down with it. 
Um, so we would have like a couple, like two or three houses that we could like go to after games on the weekend or something like that to mm-hmm. throw down. And it was now when you say that, are are you guys like drinking and having a good? Because I've had a lot of different guests on and. It ranges from like we had Ethan on last week who didn't really start drinking until he was 21. And then I've had like a few guests on where they started drinking at like eight. Whoa. So it's like, well, no. So I'm saying there's a big. (laughs) So when you say you guys would throw down, like go to houses and throw down, are you drinking? Are you all just hanging out? Is it a social aspect or is it like a party? Drinking and smoking. It's it's drinking and smoking. Yeah. yeah. Um, So you're doing this as a sophomore? Yeah. 15. Okay. Yeah. Um, But I mean, we, there was like. I don't know. It was a good. There was never got too out of hand. There was one party where it did, but um, some dude. Drank, tell, tell us. Let's yeah, let's get some, into some it. Some dude drank uh, his like dad's moonshine, oh, thinking no. that he could handle it. What? What? How old are you? Is this at the beginning? Like when you uh, guys I want to say I want to a... say I'm 15, maybe 16 at this point. Okay, so this is like maybe a year into this, the rugby this, club. And... Yeah, this is. I think this is like a summer party. So this is just all like right. we're all friends, but it's not like during the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but he drank it and then went to go throw up and then broke his nose on the toilet. What? And then was like throwing up and then like bleeding. Oh God. And then like felt like fell back and like was throwing up and like bleeding all over himself. (laughs) So me and three friends had to strip him butt ass naked and like shower him off and then have his like ex-girlfriend come pick him up and his ex-girlfriend's fucking yelling. So then... We call his mom instead, and then his mom and his ex-girlfriend are yelling in the front yard. And this is like in a quiet neighborhood in Napa, and like God, it sounds like a Florida party. Yeah, no, it was like because I mean that's the thing with Napa is like Napa's got a little bit of Florida in it. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Like it, it dresses up as like bougie and you know wine country tourist, but like but it's I, still booze all the time. Yeah, no people people dress it up any way you want. You're all just you're fuck, just drunks. You're just fucked up all the time, and all the parents <laughs> are fucked up on pills. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Dude. Oh yeah, you tell that story about the, uh, the yeah, little dude, league. There thing. was there was yeah little league moms fucking ripping uh, Norco's during the game and Vicodin <laughs> and fucking yeah people. People like to dress it up, but people get down in Napa for sure. Hell yeah. Yeah. So what uh, you had mentioned, and then we're going to – I really want to figure out the, the comedy aspect and the mm. New Zealand thing. But you had mentioned your parents letting you drink at a party. And I'm assuming this happened around that same time frame. Yeah. So um, this was like – this would have been like the first winter break of sophomore year. Um, I – I'd been to like two or three parties before, but I, I was like, I don't – I really want to go to this party, but I can't like there just wasn't a window to sneak out in. Yeah. So I was like, let me see if I if I got so I just I went up to my parents and I was like Here's a crazy idea. Let me just ask. I I put on my fucking junior kid lawyer pants right here and I was like, (laughs) All right, look, there is a party tonight. I wanna go. I have a DD. Um I'll be back by whatever time you want, but I do want to go to this party. And I would rather do it this way than try and sneak out later because eventually this is just kids doing at-risk, you know, behavior (laughs) in their youth. I would rather just be upfront and be honest with you and have a safe drinking and drug relationship (laughs) (laughs) rather than try and like sneak around you behind your back where, you know, you never know I if... Kids might be like drunk driving. I like basically gave them all the worst case scenarios to let me do it. Yeah. Um, and What'd they, they say? They were said yes. I, what? I got to go to the party. 
Fuck yeah. No, and honestly, like, um, that sentiment remained there, like, the whole time I was partying in high school. Like, if they would, they wouldn't, like, let me go party all the time, but, like, um, there was, like, a. Well, they understood, like, you're going to go. And that's the thing. Like I said, with all the different guests we've had on, there, there are some parents where I've realized that, like, that's a thing where they're like, well, we raised you. We understand the values that we instilled in you. I was also the baby too. We, they, oh, didn't, really? they didn't give a shit anymore. How many siblings do you have? Two. Oh, okay. Yeah, so like, so. They're, and they're seven and five years older than me. So like, oh, yeah, considerably so older. And also, like, my brother was um, a little bit of a troublemaker, and then my sister was like really goody two shoes. Yeah. So I think when they saw, also they were both smart. They were both very very smart. Like a little bit of hotheads, both of them, but like very smart. Always took care of their shit. So I think once they like graduated high school and college they were like yeah you'll be fine yeah we've seen it before yeah you're gonna be okay um and so they were just like yeah do whatever and they're jealous because they had to like hide hangovers junior and senior year of high school meanwhile i'm like you're just like coming down like hey you guys yeah i'm fucking i'm like passed out on the couch and my brother's like this is fucking bullshit like i fucking <laughs> i had to go pull trig in my like bedroom bathroom so to not make noise and the like just shit like that where yeah it's like God, but, that's intense. But yeah, I was like, whatever. How long did the um? So you did that all through high school? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, and then what happened with uh? Because I wanted to get into New Zealand. How did you end up there? Um, you went to Auckland, right? Yeah. So I lived in Auckland for a year. I I was living in San Francisco during the pandemic. Okay. I was, going, I was finishing up school there. So I let's get let's get back on the timeline. So you're in high school. You're having the parties. You're doing the rugby club. You graduate high school, and then where do you go from there? So I. Uh, I, I lost a tooth, got a concussion, fucked up my Achilles all in one year. In rugby? In rugby. Okay. And I was like- I was going to say, that's a great story if it's not rugby. <laughs> yeah, no. I was just like, I think I'm I'm good. Like, because the real reason I was playing for such a long time was to like get to, like the idea was to like get to um, like a sevens national yeah, champ, so like, figured, t- yeah. tournament sort of thing. Um, but I was at a community college, so I could never like make- like the real like college team. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't get in to the school that I was trying to get into. So I like I the that plan had sort of like faded already. So you went to after high school you went to community college and you were still doing like club rugby? Yeah, but I could play for like the B side for Cal Poly. Yeah. So I could play for them on their B side, but like when it came to like official games I didn't like. I couldn't technically play for them because you didn't go. Yeah. Okay. Um. But I was like already already around the club. I was like that was my social group and everything. Mm-hmm. Um. But once I didn't get in, I was like, well. And then you applied to the school, and yeah, they were just and like, oh, no, I got I got waitlisted, and I was like, I think I got like I tried to like pull some strings, just didn't happen. God, man, got hurt. But then you know, I think at the end of the day, like. It, I mean, it would have been fine, you know? Yeah. I could have gotten the chance to play, and that would have been nice, but it didn't happen. And yeah, it's the old uh, Chinese proverb. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, so then I, like, you know, started doing some open mics. It was like once a month, but... Yeah. Um, so this is immediately after rugby. Did you always have an affinity for loved comedy? Com- yeah, love comedy. Um, lo- loved it. Like, ever since Stand I was... Stand-up probably- specifically? Yeah. Okay. Uh, sometimes people are like, yeah, I loved comedy. Seinfeld was my favorite show. And I'm like, not the same no, thing. No, it was... Um, oh, fuck. It was... So I always say Bill Burr got me into stand-up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Segura made me want to do it. And Dan Sir's, Dan Soder's the guy that like I kind of want to like look to be like as far as like a career-wise. So yeah. it's like those three that were like the chapters of 
um, where I'm currently. But like, yeah. And that's the crazy thing about living in New York. Yeah. Like you've met. Dude. I'm assuming you've met most of them. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Like I had um, Kaylin Palufo on my show. Friend of the show. Yeah, she's been on. I listened yeah, to that episode. Yeah. Um, but it, it's like weird a little bit to like sort of be like I've seen Dave Attell smoking on the street corner, and like I, I just gave him like a nod. But like I have a bit about it. That's how I. That's what introduced me to Dave Attell. Like how we got to talking mm-hmm. was smoking. Yeah, but like it's, outside smoking a cigarette, and then we just shooting the shit. It's weird how like how close you can get to your heroes in comedy. Yeah. It's, I love it. It's one of my, and I've told the story before on the show, but like one of the things I love about living in New York is it's like a comedy festival. It's like the biggest comedy festival in the world every night. Yeah. All the time. And these are like people that I look up to. And obviously some of them, you know, you would even say you, 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 you know, you model your career after and things like that. Like I've had the opportunity just because, you know, we do the other podcast, The Power of How with Matt Fulcheron and Daniel Torado, and they've been doing comedy much longer than I have. So they know a lot of these people. So they'll just introduce me. And like that, I've told the story before, but the Bill Burr thing where Matt Matt was hanging out with him and then uh, Matt went to leave and he was like, but you can still, like, he's still there if you want to go hang out, but I'm going home. I'm tired. And I got off of work and I, as fast as I could, got there. And I'm just standing near him, listening to him and Paul Verzi talk. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. And then Bill turns and goes, are you going to join the fucking conversation or just stand there like a fucking creep? And yeah. I was like, uh, I didn't want to interrupt. He goes, well, you interrupted now. Yeah. And then we ended up like just talking. Immediately brought up the football thing because I know they like football. Mm-hmm. And then boom, you're in. Then yeah. you just talk and you're hanging out and you're like, this fucking guy is the reason I no, th- love yeah, comedy. No, and now we're just hanging out. It's weird. Um, but yeah, I started in like a little beach town. Yeah. Loved it. Um you know, uh, was nervous every time. I mean, I still get a little like nerves now, but like every time it was like a fucking train wreck of anxiety. But like, I felt like, uh, literally like 40 pounds lighter every time I got like, it was just like, I could, I like literally just, I don't know. It was, um, I just knew I had something I wanted to do. Yeah. Moved to San Francisco for school after that. Where did you, was that, uh, where did you end up going? Uh, SF State. Okay. Um, but still wasn't doing it nearly as much as I wanted Big to. Big comedy uh, in San Francisco. Yeah. Dan um, Venti, friend of my show who lives in Jacksonville now, was there. That's where- um, Ryan Thomas. Yeah. That's where I originally met Ryan Thomas. Really? Yeah. That's I mean, insane. He like barely remembered me. Like he kind of like, like, I came uh, to New York and he was like, kind of like, look at me. You remembered like, him though, right? Yeah, cool. Because he was like one of the- funny people in San Francisco when I was starting. Yeah. So I was like fucking eating shit at every open mic and I was like, holy he's shit. he's just destroying. Yeah, he's, he's like three years in. He's yeah. fucking, he's got himself together. Like he's fuck. he's good. Taylor um, Tomlinson, she's from San Francisco too, isn't she? I think that was before my time. Yeah, well, I'm assuming yeah, it was yeah. before, but um, I was trying to think all the, the names I know from there. Michelle Call, I think I remember him. Brian from, Simpson? Um, or was that San Diego? That's San Diego. I okay. Think. But um, it was a good scene, but yeah. I just, I was in school, I was working. Just eating a dick at open mics. Yeah. And, I, and I'd go like, you know, twice a week, maybe. Yeah. And then- So you went from once a month to twice a week. Yeah. And then the pandemic hits. And then the pandemic hits. And th- there was also like breaks in between because I was moving at yeah. certain spots. Yeah, yeah, sure so, happens, yeah. Um, Trust me, I took a three-year break. Yeah. And then when I came back and everyone's like, oh, you just started. And I go, mm, no. Yeah. It's not, it's not really how this works. Um. But so I did it for like a few months and then the pandemic happened and 
you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm still like waiting to get back into it. Like, yeah. Uh, and then it just isn't happening. Like, when you're in California, everything's yeah, no, shut down. Everything's shut down. I'm in Florida. We opened in December. Yeah. I did a um, show. We closed in March. By December, I was doing a show for 250 people. Yeah, that, that wasn't. So in June, I am like, this this isn't this isn't happening. So June um, I already 20. Had, so yeah. March, everything shuts down. And then by June, you're like, what the fuck's going on? I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm looking for anything. Yeah. Like I, I need something to like change. Like I can't be living in my childhood bedroom anymore. I like, I, I, I feel like bad all the time. I'm literally like my day is like waking up, going to my one like online class and mm -hmm. then playing Fortnite and getting stoned all day. And I hate it. And you're living at home at the time. Yeah. Um, so I'm like this, this has to stop. So I already had flight credit to go to New Zealand, March 20th, 2020, obviously got canceled because yeah. of the pandemic. So you were already going to go. Yeah. I, well, we were going for like a family reunion. I got had, it. I had a flight booked, um, and New Zealand in like July, like had no COVID at all. Yeah. They, Cause they locked everything down. Yeah. They March. fucking, they shut it down. So then I'm like. I think I'm just going to go. My my idea was like, I'll go for the rest of 2020. COVID will be taken care of by then. <laughs> be all good. Obviously, it didn't happen. So I just like kept. This um, I find this fascinating, though. How did you get? When did you officially go there? August. August. And how August. did you get? So you said March, the pandemic hits. And then you said by June, you were kind of like this. I'm fucking over this. And then by August. You... I booked I booked my flight in June. Okay. When you for were over August. It. Got yeah. It. I was like, I'm going to, you know, I'll make some money. One way? One way. Yeah. Um, And I was like, I'll get the return flight whenever sort of thing. Your passport is. I have a New Zealand and a U.S. You're passport. A dual. Yeah. Dual okay. citizen. Um, so that's the only reason I could get into the that's country. That's why I was. That's why I asked. Yeah. So I was gonna say they weren't letting outsiders in. Nope. Um, so then I did a two week isolation at a quarantine facility in Auckland at the airport, um, which was really just a hotel. Yeah. But you know, two weeks can't leave. You're like, what was that like? A little weird. It wasn't on. It wasn't honestly the end of the world. Like yeah. my, there's like different. Different hotels or different like facilities did it different ways. I was allowed to go outside whenever I wanted, but um, not if there was too many people outside. Mm -hmm. It was, it was odd. But like after day eleven, you're like, I need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that's um, and then you're, but then you're out, and yeah. then like then it's COVID free, and like you're just in normal. You just do whatever you want. You do, do normal life again. Yeah. Um, so what did you start doing? Like, what did you do for work? And did your dad uh, hook you up with like a place to stay or? So I stayed with my sister and her now fiance for a couple weeks. They live in New Zealand? Yeah. Curveball. Didn't see that coming. Yeah. No, she, she moved there like six years ago and then just stayed. Mm -hmm. um, and so I stayed with them for a few weeks. And then during the time, uh, New Zealand didn't have any tourism, obviously. So I did a long-term Airbnb which was like sixty five percent off. So I got yeah, like the, the I got like this uh, one bedroom like granny unit in someone's backyard with like brand new brand like brand new furnished like fucking literally they like just opened it because they're like oh this will be the perfect time yeah to have an Airbnb. Obviously no one's there. So then um, I stayed there for like four months and it was fucking awesome. Yeah, uh, pennies I, on the dollar. Yeah. And, and then what are you doing? Are you partying? I'm bartending. I'm bartending. You're bartending and then are you partying and stuff in New Zealand? 
Um, yeah, no, I mean, the thing with, I didn't have any friends. Yeah. So like I, I have my family there, but like I had all of like my bartenders who were all like other foreigners. So mm-hmm. there's like me, a French guy, two Mexican guys, uh, Indian girl. Like we're all like this, like ragtag group of immigrants. Again with the ragtag group. Yeah. Um, it's your rugby team just yeah, in New no, Zealand. It's, 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 uh, but like fun. Yeah. And I worked at two. So I worked at one bar and then on the same street i managed this pizza place and bar okay so i, I was t- well technically i was like bartending both and then eventually i became a manager at the one spot so i just like i have one my friends from one place go to the other and we just like literally like bounce back and forth That's across awesome. the street yeah it was, it was sick um and i got to see like how kiwis party outside of like just my family yeah and fuck, man, they go. They go hard. They go hard. And they also, it doesn't matter how old you are. Like the bar that I worked at, there was there was 18-year-olds and 70-year-olds at the same bar, listening to the same music, drinking the same Just getting shit. after it. Yeah. Like, and you'd be surprised how many old people are bad at handling their shit. Yeah. You like, told me that story that one time. You guys had to carry somebody out. Yeah. There was a guy who um, fucking... Like I, I walked in from my other job. I was like, if you need cover, I can like help cover, blah, blah, blah. Um, I walked in and this guy's fucked up. He's like- So his... you walked in from the pizza place to the bar? Yeah. Okay. And I'm like, this guy's ripped, yeah. like like gone. I immediately cut him off. Like I walk in and I'm like, you're not drinking. You're like, who the fuck are you? And I'm like, I work here. You're cut you're off. You're done, yeah. And then um, my other coworkers are fucking stupid. They're- <laughs> They are giving his friends like full pitchers of beer. Yeah. And giving them like however many glasses they need. So he's still like throwing back beers. And I'm like, you can't do like, you cannot give this guy more alcohol. Individual servings. Yeah. Yeah. We're not doing pitchers for this group. And so um, his friends leave him because like they're going somewhere else. And he just can't go. Yeah. And so I, I get there and I'm like, if you just need a couple of hours of like some service, I can, I got you. I get there, I uh, clock in, clock out. They're like, just go check the bathrooms because I'm the new guy at this bar. Mm-hmm. Go just go check the bathrooms, which is standard for any restaurant, mm-hmm. um, especially if you're the new guy. Go check the bathrooms. I go in and he has fallen through the like the stall door <laughs> yeah. with his pants down, soaked in his own piss and vomit, passed out. And I go back and I'm like, well, certainly that's not my job, right? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, no, you're... <laughs> You're the new guy. This is <laughs> this is this is why we hire new guys. And I'm like, oh my god, certainly that's not my job. And they're like, that's that's for sure you. And I'm like, fuck. So, me and like one of the chefs are like trying to wake him up. He won't wake up. Um, and I, I'm like, I, don't, I was pre- I was pretty proud with how I handled. I like, all right, give me all the bar rags that we have. And I like covered him in that, so he didn't have to like touch his body that was soaked in piss and vomit. Mm-hmm. And we're like, what? Like we're stilting him out of the like the the bar, and uh, people see him, and his pants are like still falling down. So yeah. like one person's holding him by the armpits, one person's holding his pants up. People are like yelling at us, like you have to you have to call him an ambulance. I'm like, he's awake. He's just too drunk to stand right now. Yeah. Um, this, oh, so he was conscious at this point. Kind, kinda, yeah. yeah. But he's but he's like yelling at us. He's fucking calling us a bunch of slurs, and it's like, all right, man, fucking whatever. So one of my other coworkers, who's like a sweet kid but so naive, he's like, he's a human being. You can't just throw him out on the street. And I was like, yeah, but you all. He also knew coming in here that he couldn't break our stall door and soak himself in his piss and vomit. And 
as a recovering alcoholic, I, I completely understand the sentiment to be like, let's get as fucked up as humanly possible. But you do it to yourself. Yeah. So like all the times I got thrown out of a bar, you know who I never held a grudge against? <laughs> the people throwing me out of the fucking yeah. bar. Because it's like, yeah, you got me. You I, got yeah. me. No, I mean, that's what – honestly, I love those guys where it's like they get thrown out and it's like, yeah, what are you going to do? You yeah. Know, you win some, you lose some. I pushed it. You can't yeah. find the line unless you cross it. You yeah. know what I mean? All right. I'll um, see you guys later. And so fucking uh, – we're like – we almost get him out. My coworker's like, he's a human being. You can't just throw him out on the street. And I'm like – you carry him then. Yeah. So literally I was like, all right, where where do I put him? And he's like, put him on like, we have like this little lounge. Or there's like super nice like leather couches. Like sit him in the lounge. And I'm like, I don't think that's a good idea, but okay. We like literally plos- plop his ass on the chair and he immediately like curls up and like throws up all over himself, hits the floor. And it's like, that's, well. We said it's yeah. not a good idea. And then he immediately goes, I think that's my fault. And I'm like, I think so too. Like <laughs> Now that's on you. Yeah, no. And so I'm like, whatever. This Russian chick's yelling at us. We like take his phone out of his pocket and realize like his friend has like a bunch of like missed calls from his friend. Call his friend. His friend's on the way to pick him up. Um, we're like about to like him, is, him and his friend and us are all like carrying him out of the bar again. Yeah. And he falls over and we like can't lift him back up. He's like dead weight at this point. I'm like, all right, I'll go get the swivel chair from the back. We'll put him in there and then we'll wheel him out. And then we're like, we literally are like fucking 15 feet away from the door. We're about to like push him through. He falls out of the chair. We are picking him back up. This like five people picking his ass. He's like a 5'10", 300 pound guy. He's a yeah, thick big dude. dude. Yeah. Um, some customer who's just nice enough to help is like lifting him from his ass and his pants have been falling down this whole time. He shits his pants oh, on God. the guy's hand. Like, well, I mean, obviously, it's drunk diarrhea hand. Yeah. Um, the guy holds it up like, like just like, <laughs> sort of like, like, si- like silent and is just like, mate, this is not good. And just like fucking, we're all like, dude, you don't pay for your drinks tonight. Like, we're, you're good. Um, shits his pants. And then so I'm like, all right, well, we basically wheelbarrow him out. So he put his head in the chair. Yeah. But like I'm just carrying like the his feet, the, yeah, the fucking legs of his jeans, and like we like wheel him out. We like get him out to the car. He wakes up out of nowhere, punches my female manager in the face. She dodges the next two. She was taking a kickboxing class at the time. <laughs> um, we like push him in, and she goes, "Wait, we forgot to buckle his seatbelt." And I was like, "That doesn't. He doesn't if he survived this far, he's good. Like we, he doesn't need any more." Oh my god. So was um, that a common thing in New Zealand where people were getting that messed up? Uh, yeah. Like that was – that's like my worst yeah. horror story of like working in hospitality ever. But um, – What is um, the the accidental drugging? That happened to you in New Zealand too, didn't it? Yeah. So I – that same bar, um, a few weeks later, I, I got off of a shift and I was drinking with these uh, – like young 20-somethings from uh, Wellington, which is like on the other side of the North Island, uh, further down south. And they seem – like some of them are like – Dudes, a bit, chicks, uh, mix. Both. Okay. But, uh, I think it was like four and four if I okay. guess. Um, and they – I get off. We're like hanging out. We're playing pool. They get like a round of drinks. It was like espresso martini shots or whatever. All right. Um, and they're like, yeah, like just go ahead and grab one and like – they're like one guy's like handing it out from the group and I take one and I didn't have much to drink that night. I think I had on my tab there was like two drinks and I was only there for like a little bit. But I take this 
and I don't remember anything else after. Really? So like as soon fully, as you took it? Fully no recollection at all. Nothing. Like I remember a little bit like uh, the walk home that night, but like a snapshot. I remember yeah. walking home and being like, how the fuck am I walking home? And then I remember waking up the next day um, late for work, having pissed my bed um, and being like my jeans just fully soaked. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I The first time in my life where I woke up and I was like, I don't know what. So do you do you night. have any idea? Did you talk to like your bartender friends or do you have any idea? They what were like, happened? you left your tab open, you Irish goodbye and we didn't see you. And they looked at the tab and it was like, you had three drinks the whole night. Yeah. And I was like, they've, and they've seen me have seven, eight. Like yeah. I've, I've, you've, you've tied I've one on. I've, yeah, yeah. I've tied one on there and they're like, well, what'd you do? And I was like, I have no, like, I have no idea. And so like the only thing that I think I figured out in my head was like any rationalization is like, I took the wrong drink that was meant for someone else. Unless you're a hero. I sure. Yeah. I mean, bullet. yeah, no, exactly. Um, I had a, I have a very good friend, uh, Matthew Fagerberg. He's a great actor. He's been on the show before. Same kind of thing happened to him, except it was much more obvious where the bartender, he was at, uh, his girlfriend at the time's show. Like she was doing a burlesque show. So he was there. Mm -hmm. And then her mom had come down to see it. And the bar and her, you know, mom was very attractive. And, uh, the bartender was like, Oh, here to the mom. And the mom's like, Oh, no, I'm driving. And he goes, No, 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 just take the drink. Just take the drink. And she's like, no, I'm driving. And so Matthew I've was heard... like, oh, I'll, I'll do the drink and yeah. just pounded it. And the bartender was like, okay. And he similar story, like blacked out completely. was like waking up and like every like – like he would come to like every hour or so and be like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. No, and I mean like I've, I've heard of bars doing that too. The only reason I don't think it's that is because I worked at the bar. Yeah, that's what and I'm like, saying. I so. know. I know. So Well, so my – deduction would say that the guy who was because you said there was a guy from the group passing out the drink yeah he like put it like gave like gave it and i was like didn't think anything of it yeah and so he must uh i don't know God. literally like literally and it's um, so dangerous too because people don't understand like like people i think what it is is it's the night the naive naivete naive yeah naivety naivete, naivety. yeah but like as someone who's done drugs in the past, like a lot of drugs and drank a, way too much, I understand like, okay, you only need this much of substance X to get the result you're looking for. But people who don't do that, people who are just like incels or just like, oh, I just want to like knock this person out. Like they have no idea what they're doing. No, I mean, it's a crazy. Because they don't deal in, as Drew uh, Tessier says, the chemical dependency arts. So yeah. they don't they don't know what they're doing. No. And you could fucking – kill someone pretty easily yeah no um you could have died it, it was it was i was like you're I a hero I, I was sure but i also i'm not like i'm not walking around like dude i'm the fucking man i got drugged this weekend like i'm no like, obviously but um you should you should walk around and say i saved i saved you no I, I like i was like some i someone had a better night than i did for sure some lady got yeah. to go home safely that night yeah um but no i I, my thing with any of that is like I don't know how you even like begin to start that process. Where it's I like no idea. You got to be a real fucked up guy, and there's apparently a collection of fucked up. There's, guys. It, it happens more often than you think. Yeah, no. It's, but just from doing the show, I realized. God, that's the third time I've said that. But just it happens more often than you think. Yeah. Were you doing comedy in New Zealand? No. 
So um, you weren't they, doing stand up at all? No, there there was like a small scene there, but um How did you I, find that? Did you did how do you even know that there's a small scene? Did they, you like uh, look into Facebook, it when you get okay? Uh, if I, I from the two like smaller scenes I started like with between San Luis Obispo and San Francisco it was like yeah, you just get on Facebook, you mm. look up your city and then comedy. And I tell people that all the time. And Every city has a scene. And there's going to be something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like, you know, a few open mics a week, but I, I like kind of canceled day of and everything. Yeah, was like, plus you're, as a bartender, you're working mostly at night and stuff too. So. Yeah, but it was all like, that's not what I went there to do. Like yeah. I, in my head, I was like, I'm coming here to like be in New Zealand and like hang out and like, I was glad I did, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um I think it would have been like maybe cool to be doing an open mic here or there, but really I felt like I was glad to like be around my family and then also like sort of see what it's like to live in yeah. New Zealand and I don't know. Well, plus um, that's a weird thing too with comedy because um, like you said, it's so abundant. Like every place has a scene and stuff and after moving to New York, I was doing that thing where it's like, oh, well, if I'm going to go home to like see my family, got to do some shows, got to book some shows Yeah, and you kind of lose sight of like the going home to see the family. So it's like you said, it's like, well, no, sometimes you just want to go experience something for what it is. Yeah. And it was also and you don't like, have to do comedy. I I don't know how much it would have like helped me because I moved here after yeah, so New Zealand. That's the thing. You're in New Zealand for a year. And then what happens in your head where you're like, all right, I'm going back to the States, like COVID calmed down. And then you're like, all right, I'm out of here. Well, in my head, it was like I always wanted to get um, back to comedy, mm-hmm. but like COVID kept on getting extended. It was just like everything kind of kept being put on pause. Yeah. So in my head, I always wanted to like get back to it. Um, but it just, there was another, like another little bit, another, another little setback, bit. another setback. And so yeah. like I planned to come back uh, December of 2020. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like I said, just again and again and again, um, got pushed back. And then finally in like August, everything seems to be opening up in like 2021 and I'm like, I think I'm ready to go back, bartended for six months in Napa with the idea that like, I'm either going to New York, LA or Austin. Okay. Um, went to all three places to visit, like get a sense of what it was like. And I figured like New York was like the spot where it would be easiest to just get up and go. Mm-hmm. LA traffic's a mess. Austin is like a little quiet and I don't love the city as much. New York was, the most intimidating, but it was like also like I can just leave my apartment and I can go hit three mics today. Yeah, like no we matter can do that what. Right now, after this show, like easy. Um, and so for me, as someone who's always had like a hard time like staying on task with certain things, mm-hmm. it was the I felt like it was going to be the easiest for me to just get out and like go do it because yeah. all you have to do is leave your apartment and then. The city kind of like takes you wherever yeah. you need to go. How often do you do that where you're sitting at home and you, maybe you have a day off from work or something? You're like, I need to get out of the apartment. And then next thing you know, you're like, oh my God, I did like three mics today and I didn't even expect to. Yeah, no, leave I the mean, apartment. I mean, all, like all the time. Like, yeah, that's what like I tell people. There's sometimes where I'll get off of work because um, uh, the listeners know I work at a swanky steakhouse. Mm-hmm. It's a, you know, it's a night job. And I know everyone's like, oh, you got to quit. It's like, I can't, I can't. Like, come on, man, I can make my rent in a weekend. Like, I don't yeah. want to quit. Uh, but there are times where I'll get off early, like nine or 10. Mm-hmm. And I, my first instinct is walk to the train to go home. And I'm like, wait a second. I'm the reason I love it You're is because it's, it's equidistance from the seller and the stand. So mm-hmm. it's like, I can, I can just go watch some of the best comics in the world on a show. And most of the time, the managers will just let me walk into the room, like, and sit. Like, they won't charge. So it's like, 
No, I'm going to go do that instead. Because yeah. it's just living in New York, man. It's like fucking nuts. No, and it's um, I'm in a place now where I'm working like either 10 to 5 or 11 to 5 mm-hmm. for all my days. So like I get off at 5, 5.30 and then like I have the rest of the day to like go and do all my comedy shit after. Yeah, which is um, perfect. Yeah, so it's – that's been really cool. Um, Are but, you still um, – I wanted to ask just because, you know, the drugging situation and all that. Are you still bartending? Um, I'm serving now. Okay. Um, Moving up in the world. Yeah. Well, I, I wanted to bartend at the restaurant I'm at, but they just didn't have any openings. Yeah. And then they didn't have any serving openings. And so I honestly like fucking grinded for like almost a full year to get to where I'm at As now. like a server assistant, like SA yeah. Buster kind of thing? Yeah. Oh. It, fucking you brutal. A huge step down. Yeah. It's a nice um, restaurant though? You like working there? It's It's – it's perfect for where I'm at now. They're like yeah. very – it's in like Bushwick. They're very like sympathetic to like artist Artists. types. They like let all of these like guys and bands like go on tour and whatnot. That's why I love my place. Like I, and that's the other big thing too is that not only the money we make but they're so understanding. Yeah. Like today I, we were talking about it and I was tired and we had to record and I didn't want to go in. But like if I called and I was genuinely like, hey, so-and-so wants me to open for him. Like I can't make it. They'd be like, yeah, absolutely. No problem. Yeah. Don't even worry about it. Um. And so, like, that's – and that's another thing. And also, like, once you get into serving there, people serve – like, there's one guy who worked there for, like, 10 years before moving to a sister restaurant of the same company. Yeah, career servers. Um, yeah. And I tell so, people that that's what New York is great for. Yeah. Um, you could come up here and make a lot of money just waiting tables. And, and like, I, I was not very um, – I was not living very large for a long time. But now that I'm in that role, yeah. like, I work – Four days a week, and I'm I'm fine. Yeah, like I'm I tell also, people, yeah, and I, I still have all my nights now too. Yeah, that's which for, that's the trick. Um, and like I don't like, was it shitty doing fucking closing like back waiter like bussing shifts? Yeah, for like like four weekend months in a row. Like yeah, it sucked. But now I'm at a place where I'm like I've done that, and I'm You've only done the open mics. Now yeah. you're fucking featuring, baby. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Um. But yeah, no, it's uh, and it gives me a, like just, I just I'm I'm much more free to just do comedy at and, like I don't feel like I have to like try and squeeze anything in before. Yeah, like, do that's this, do that. that's where I'm at now, which is frustrating because I th- I, and I talked to Ethan about this, but I thought I was going to move to New York and be like, been doing comedy since '09. Like I got my hour, I got the podcast. Like let's rip it and run it. And I got here, and they're like, how many followers? Yeah, no, a it's... little over a thousand. Yeah, the open mics are that way, buddy. Yeah, no, they... and I'm like, wait, what? Um, that's why like, I'm kind of, people always say like, don't start here. Yeah. I'm kind of glad I am because I, I, I can grow within the scene, which is like, obviously like the best scene in the world. And also like, no one's really expecting much. I don't have to expect too much of myself too. Yeah. That's, that's my biggest thing is well, like, that's the other thing too, is if you do make the connections, like I had a few friends here before I moved. So I moved here and, you know, they're bigger comics. So they're like, oh, yeah, we'll just throw you up on a guest spot on a show. And then if you don't do well, you're like, they're like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> like you basically were tooting this horn like yeah. you got it. And then you went up and fucking bombed. Like, yeah, you need to go to the open mics. Yeah. Like, My bad, guys. Yeah, whoops. Sorry. I wanted to ask you. Uh, we've got time for one more story. This very uh, interesting story. 80 acres of fun is what you texted me. Yeah. Um, so this is back home, I'm assuming. This is in Napa. Yeah. I want to say this is like the summer before senior year of high school. Okay. Um, and this girl who's a year older than me, uh, she's home from college from like the, for the summer or whatever. And her parents just bought this like 
80 acre vineyard property. Um, or maybe I was a junior. I forget. It was soon, ju- before whatever. Um, before but, late in your high school career. Yeah. yeah. So she is like, she wants, she's like in the tech, she's like, I want this to be like Project X. She's like, I've met her. She's like a quiet, I've like, met- <laughs> like she's not the fucking project. I think it was just like a. Project X was that party movie, right? Yeah. Where okay. it's like these kids like had a party and then all of a sudden like there's like hell, like cop helicopters yeah, yeah, surrounding. Yeah. I remember it came out a few, like pretty far after super bad. And I was like, oh, this is just like the super bad for this generation. Yeah. Um, but funny enough, it was actually based off uh, like a real Australian party. Oh, like, really? Yeah, like some like fucking high schooler. You got? I'll show you the video after. He's fucking hilarious. He's like on the news after. I have seen this video. Yeah, and he's like, nah, I don't feel bad. It's yeah. uh, I fucking hate a good party. So if you want a good party, you know, fucking. I remember up. this. Oh yeah. my god, I completely forgot. That's some, what the, I didn't some realize. Some fucking bogan, like fifteen year old, just fucking being the coolest guy ever. Um, so but, she said she wanted the party to be she, like that. Yeah. So she's like, invite everyone you know. And then I, like, we're all like, you know, 15 to 18 year olds being mm-hmm. like, oh, sweet. There's a place to go drink and do drugs. Yeah. Um, and you guys had social media. And we had social media. So people like shared it on like Instagram and all this shit. What ended up happening was uh, I ended up like at the party because like it got out of hand, but I was like having fun <laughs> with like the social experimentness yeah. of it. I started asking people, I'm like, where are you from? Like, I've never seen, like, there's like 300 people at the party. I've never seen 200 of them. Yeah. So where are they coming from? Um, there was guys I played rugby against from like neighboring towns. There ended up being 20 different cities at this party, all from like the Bay Area. One guy was from like Santa Cruz, which is like three and a half hour, or like three hours away. from what? Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing here? And he's like... I came to party, man. Yeah, no, he's just like, yeah, I fuck, I came to party. And I was like, Sh- I guess, yeah, sure, man. Um, so what ends up happening? I mean, chaos ensues. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, too, it's too many people. She's a dumb 18-year-old girl who's in over her head. Grown men started showing up to the party. And like... <laughs> She's in over her head. Fuck, well, and then we're like, all the kids are like talking shit to these like fucking... Adults? Yeah, adults who are at this high school party. Like, you guys are fucking losers. They start calling us names. Eventually, people just start throwing like full cans of Coors Light at each other. What? Dude, I saw this chick. I feel so bad for laughing at it. But I saw this chick get decked with a full <laughs> banquet, dude. Fucking, just fucking. It, dude, it, it was like, it was like a snap. It was like, it, looks, it looked like special effects. She ended up being okay, which is like, thank God. But like. Gets decked with a full banquet. Dude, it was like the fucking splash it had when it fucking like it popped open yeah. too. Fucking just. You got to hit those hard to pop them open. Well, people are like shaking yeah, because then, you want it to be like, fight. I don't know. People are, it's, it's literally chaos. Did you throw any beers? No beers. It no. sounded like you were like, no, I you're like, no, you got to shake it. So that way, <laughs> but I, I mean, I didn't do it. I was, I, I was like watching this go down just like, dude, like I love, I, anytime chaos ensues and I'm not directly involved, it's my favorite. That's why you love Matthew Silver on stage. I, it's, dude, it's, I love seeing chaos from a distance. Yeah. It's my favorite thing. And so. You're an agent of chaos. Yes. The. The, the cops get called, but it's an 80 acre, like it's a massive property yeah. and there's like cars all around this like two mile long driveway. So the cops would patrol part of the party yeah. and then we'd all just like move, move. Oh, to the genius. other part. And so like, but then, but then it's like still 
Like no, that like eventually she also called the cops on herself. She yeah. was like, "Please help me." Yeah, this like I need you here now. I'm in over my head. Yeah. Um. And so there was, I mean, there was fights galore. God. Like, um. So then the cops showed up and eventually broke it all up. Well, that's yeah, I kinda. Um. So the first car in the line in front of the gate, uh, they're like, "We need someone to move this car, and then we can get everyone out of here." There's two cars in front. They finally get um the guy whose car it is and he goes oh my buddy took my keys so then it's another 45 minutes until any of us can leave and then um he leaves and he had someone else's keys so then the second car behind oh his, my god so it was an hour and a half that we're like all in our cars waiting to go and we just can't go so like then people start getting out getting out and like partying again yeah. and fighting again um dude like i don't know That's fucking it was, yeah, crazy. And then we just like get home at like 4.50 in the morning and we're like, not bad. <laughs> Fucking not, not a, like it, we like honestly partied for like two hours of that six hour night, yeah. but. It, it was, was fun. It was a, it was a story. It was like fucking this girl is so dumb, but <laughs> now, you, now it gave me like a, a point of like, maybe don't try and throw the biggest party. Yeah. Maybe. Like, maybe just hang out with the people that you, you like. like. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming Dude, on, thanks man. For having this me. was a blast. Plug yeah. everything one more time. Uh, Kiwi Bagel, the podcast. Kiwi Bagel Comedy. Uh, next show is April 13th. Ralph Barboza is headlining. I'm really excited for that show. Um, Common Enemies Podcast. And then you can follow me on Instagram, at Matt Hansel, 2Ls.biz. .biz. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. At Brennan T. Comedy on all social media, BrennanTComedy.com. Get your ex-drinking buddy merch. The one-man show will be uh, – the final edit will be posted in the next couple of weeks. So keep an eye out for that. And subscribe on Patreon. We'll talk to you all next week. Thanks, man. That was awesome, dude. Whew.